<laughs> y'all have done that. Yeah. And then if it rains, oh, Lord, you just go home. Just pack it up. Stand with me one more time for the reading of God's word. First Timothy chapter six. This is Paul writing to, he had many sons in the Lord, but this was his closest by observation uh, to Timothy. He was the one most like Paul. Paul taught everybody, but entrusted to Timothy uh, special times, seasons, ministry opportunities. And he, he spoke to Timothy as a man of God, 1 Timothy 6, 11. But you need to understand that that word man, uh, he was speaking to Timothy as a male but that Greek word means person. So you, the people of God, I'll say it that way, flee from those things which were carnal and immoral and strive, here it is, turn from the immoral things and strive for uprightness, godliness, good faith, love, fortitude, and a forgiving temper. Here it is. Exert all of your strength in the honorable struggle for the faith. Your Bible may say, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of the life of the ages to which you were called. Well, I thought we had eternal life. Well, we were, Paul's right there. Put your finger there. We were saved. We are being saved. And we shall be saved. We inherit we inherited eternal life at the regeneration, but not all believers and maybe not many believers live with that flow of present life today. So he said, fight for that life of the ages to which you were called. Don't just wait on heaven for eternal life. Taste of the heavenly gift today. To which you were called when you made your noble profession of faith before many witnesses. And Paul said, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all creatures and of Jesus Christ who at the bar of Pontius Pilate made a noble profession of faith. Keep God's commandments and expectations stainlessly and without approach till the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, I present myself to you just this me. And I'm asking you to anoint me today, allow me to share the things, whether they're on this page or not, that you need and desire to be shared, and that I not share the things that you don't want me to. Allow us to receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save us, heal us, and set us in proper paths at proper speeds. And I thank you for today. I depend upon that anointing, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Every believer should be in a fight. Now, I have peace with God, but I don't have peace with this world. I don't have peace with my flesh. I don't have peace with the social systems, the current of this world. Every believer is invited to die. We, uh, contrary to what's taught in many uh, 
national and international ministries where we group a lot of people together and we'll group them all together based on their excitement level and I'm going to teach you principles to get what you want, what you need, what you desire so you can go to the next place and live more carefree than you did at the place before. But Jesus preached no such gospel and Paul preached no such gospel. He said, Jesus taught us that you shall through much, say it with me, much tribulation into the kingdom of God. Now there is joy unspeakable and full of glory in our hearts and we sample it in this life. But this life was not set for our comfort but for our preparation. We're being prepared for the world to come. And many believers, there's really no fight. We, because we get tired of fighting, because it seems like we're not winning, but the fight of the believer, and I'll, I'll explain what I'm, I'm, this statement further if the Lord will allow. The fight of the believer is the evidence of eternal life. The fight, the tenacious interdependence upon the Lord and the fighting against all things that are contrary to him is the evidence that God's spirit is in me. The world hated him. Okay. Where do you hear that at? We've made it our mission for the world to like the church. Now, I don't want to be hated. I don't even like being disliked. I'm like, I'm an amazing guy. You should like me. I, that's my first thought. But Jesus said, if the world hated me, they're going to hate you. Why? The world did not hate him until he stepped out and vocally said what God the Father said. I am the way. I'm the truth. No man cometh to the Father but by me. We be Abraham's seed. He said, your father's the devil. When you, when you stand against contrary forces, apostate religion... Christless gospels, the hatred flows. Now, as long as we have our little church on the corner and we play our style of music and everybody's kind of happy and it's three steps to a better life, ain't no problem. But when you fight, when you fight for truth, and I'm going to get, again, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. If you're not fighting, whose side are you on? The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and violent people take it by force. Now, I do want to make this disclaimer. God doesn't get any glory in you walking around as a militant Christian. Hey, Brother Wood, well, what do you mean by hey? I'm on God's side. Militant attitude, that weird is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. I've told you, it's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. We are not militant in our demeanor. We're militant in our soul. Won't you tell my baby that at school? I'll tell your child. No, you won't. That contradicts the word of God. Don't tell me that. And see, when you fight, there's cost. I, I don't know if you're a sports fan or nothing. Uh, I think it was Ray Lewis that said this, but uh, you know, you got teams playing at this high level of contact and physical force. Are you aware that in professional football, some of the impact is similar to a car wreck? 
when you do the compression and the speed and you got a man 300 pounds running 22 miles an hour and he hits you right in the side of your neck. And Ray Lewis said, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. And when you fight, that's the only thing I didn't like about fighting. I liked when I was young and lost, I'd like scurry until you hit me. And I'm like, dang, that, I, I, did, I just didn't like that part. And we have learned in the church how not to get hit by people at work, how not to get hit among backslid carnal Christians, how not to get hit, and we're all getting along. My question is going where? Fight the good fight of faith. Don't you contradict the Lord. Don't, don't ask me to contradict him. Don't ask me to oppose him. Don't ask me to bow my knee to your ideologies when God is crystal clear and said, if you are ashamed of me, John, and or my words, then I will be ashamed of you when I come with my holy angels. If you're not fighting, whose side are you on? Because the world is fighting your Christ and the world is fighting his church. And the world is fighting the precious lives of little children that have not heard the gospel. Every one of us, I may not even get to my sermon, you know, you know the, what, what, by sermon I mean what's typed here. Every one of us is a soldier. See, when God describes us, he describes us in many ways. First and primarily, we're children of God. And we're also servants of God. And we're also ambassadors of God. And we're also instruments of God. But we're also soldiers. He said, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. If what could happen in the natural realm happens in the spiritual realm, would you like somebody like you covering your back? Our church has people that you know, give them a rifle. They, they wouldn't know. There's no fighting I just want to love the Lord. I get, my, I get my church at home and I watch it on TV. I don't, oh, I get it. You get to eat without ever having to defend anyone. You get the liberty without the warfare. You see, you're a soldier. I'm a soldier. We're either a good one or a bad one. We're either active or inactive. We're either in the fight or AWOL. And I'm not beating you up today. I'm stirred. Listen, some are to, to get well, you got to just stir. You know, you go to, are there any Shoney's left? Like, is there like five left? Some, some, there used to be one on every corner. But you know, some, Shoney's used to have a real good soup and sa the salad bar was really good. But the soup, if you went in late and the ladle is sitting on top, just like on top. No part of it submerged. And it smells good. What do you do? Scrape that joker back or go through it and get it all stirred up. And see, to be stirred up, you have to be stirred up. What type of soldier are you? Am I better for having you covering my back? Are you better for having me? Are you current are you AWOL? We wrestle. We wrestle against our flesh. 
We wrestle against the culture and the current of this world. We wrestle against our unregenerate mind. We wrestle undisciplined feelings, but we are required to fight the good fight of faith. Is there anything you could do to inherit eternal life? No, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But outside of that, everything is interdependent, you and God. And God will not do for you what he asked you to do. God will not fight the fight of faith for you. Do you understand? You understand? It just never. God will not give you a good work ethic. God will not give you manners. You see, in the natural realm, and when he says, fight the good fight of faith, okay, well, if you don't want to, I'll just put my hand in you like a puppet and make you fight. We must fight. Okay, here's just a couple to me that head up the list. We must fight to stay his. And by his, I mean God the Father through Jesus Christ. My primary connection, and I'm going to keep saying it these 23 years now, preaching 30 years, but pastoring Christ Chapel. When someone asks you, you're a Christian, don't you tell them you go to Christ Chapel? Or what do you mean? No, no, no. You tell them, yes, I'm a born-again believer. I belong. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is my master. That we, the association first. I must fight not to uh, know Christ secondarily. Uh, the gifts in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, they are to edify and build you up, but never to replace your dependence and connectivity with the Lord ever. Can you imagine somebody saying, I just, I want to, uh, if I told Kelly, I invited her out, you know, I'm trying to court her. And I said, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm ask you, would you like to go out? So I don't know. I said, well, I got this guy over here and I'm going to have him pick you up and I'm going to tell him what all to do for me and uh, how to impress you and where to take you. And, uh, and then uh, I'm going to tell him what to order and I'll be calling him during the night. And then when he gets to the door, based on what he's told me, you know, I'll, I'll tell him whether to walk away or, you know, uh, anyway, I'll help you with all that. You'd say, what kind of weird, that's my point exactly. So you want to know Christ through me first? No. You've got to fight not to let the church, not to become dependent first on the nursing of ministry gifts. The ministry gifts are supposed to complement and complete that which you are doing at home. Amen. I've got to fight. You know, John, I don't, listen, John, I don't need you to... Teach me first. I need you to confirm in me what I'm studying at home. Ben, I don't need you to teach me to worship. I need you to culminate my week of singing unto the Lord and being grateful. And you got to fight because the church will do everything for you. Guess what we have Monday night and then it's family night and then something for your kids and then Tuesday and Wednesday and then Sunday morning we got this for your kids and you don't have to do nothing. Just come. And you know what happens? You do that long enough and then they're like, that really doesn't have any life. I don't even know why I'm going. You got to fight to be Christ first. You have to fight to be Christ exclusively. I, I tease myself about this all the time because I tell everybody, you have no obligation to me. You have no debt to me. Uh, your, uh, your connection is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, when you, and you have no connect, you have no, you don't owe this church anything. But when you say that, then people feel like they don't know the church anything and they can just go and come 
But that's the way it's supposed to be. You're not only to be Christ first, but his exclusively. I may worship and serve the Lord through a local church and love my local church and be blessed at my local church. But it's, it's, it's Christ first and him exclusively. So if I'm in a thriving church or a declining church, if I'm in a large or a small, it don't matter where you put me because I brought Christ with me. Brought Christ with me. Him exclusively. Not Jesus and your favorite preacher. Not Jesus and your favorite worship group. You, you got to be careful. And I understand marketing, guys. I understand the business dynamic. And when people travel and preach, and I understand that you got to pay to provide for the families. I got all that. But anything that looks like celebrity, back away from it. Anything that looks like if, if that guy walked in the room, there's pastor so-and-so. Walk away from it. There's bishop so-and-so. He, compared to the resplendent glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, that man and this man are at best unprofitable servants. You got your eyes in the wrong place. Oh no, their preaching has drawn me closer. Well, it seems like you're more enamored with that guy than you were Sunday morning when we began to worship because you were just yawning and scratching and looking around. You've got to fight to make sure your eyes are singularly and exclusively on the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank the Lord for this house. I thank the Lord for the teaching and the preaching and the ministry, but it's God, Christ the Lord, His Spirit. And then there's long gap between anyone else. The fight to stay his completely. The fight to stay his without reserves. Do you know what without reserve means? And y'all do eBay or go to the uh, auto auction and say, there's no reserve. That means that you can buy it for what it is, but it could go as high as you want to. And eat. I don't like those people on eBay that snipe and they watch it down to like five seconds and then win it right out from under you because I'm trying to get a deal and I, I tell me I'm winning for five days and then nine seconds before it, you snipe me. But the key to winning, the, the devil's got them. The key to winning is if something's worth $50 and you know it's worth that, the buy it now is... $70, you just either buy it now or put $90. You know, just let it go as high as you want and say, without reserve. Is your life with Christ without reserves? I don't care what it costs. If we have to downsize, I'm going to be in your will. If we have to move, I'm going to be in your will. If I got to go backwards, I want to be in your will. There's no reserves. It's all yours. It's hard to do that when... A lot of people are teaching you and training you that God always moves you up. Let's talk about pastors for a while. Let's get off y'all. Let's talk about pastors. How come the Lord always leads them to a bigger place? This will be my last Sunday. I'm going to Mount Nebo Apostolic Worship Deliverance Center of God in Christ Revival Center. They run about 5,000. Every resignation seems to go up. Now, I understand gifting and influence and stuff. But when's the last time the pastor resigned and went to Hayhira or Osceola or, you know, anything below the, Latin, below the Nat line? You know what happens? 
God will lead you to a certain place until you hit your reserve limit and then he keeps walking and you stop. The Christians that are closest to the Lord, who enjoy the Lord more fully and who have more fruit are those that have no reserves. It's hard to say, everything I have is yours. Father, my babies are yours. I just don't know how I could crawl. I, all I know is to tell you they're yours and if anything was ever happened or you took them from me, that there'd be grace there. But you are primary for me. It's a struggle to do that because I see them. <laughs> I hold them. They kiss me. They run and greet me. And it's hard to keep a spiritual, invisible relationship more important than a physical, tangible one you can see, touch, taste, hold. But you have to fight to do so. Fight to stay his publicly and privately. And fight to stay content with the Lord. There are many uh, telltale signs of infection or dis-ease, if you will, in, in our soul. You know, there's rebellion, which is, I don't care what God says, I'm going to do what I want. There is uh, um, the part where you know what it says, but you, you know, you're just kind of casual about it. There's not really a, a, a positive or a negative, it's just a, an indifference, if you will. And then there's a, a obedience that produces a, like a bitterness of soul. They're always you know, look like they've been baptized in lemon juice or something, you know, like they're holy, you know, you know, and you go, I ain't doing nothing. We ain't doing nothing wrong. I don't drink, smoke, chew, go to the theater. You know, I don't wear makeup, walking sticks, eyeglasses, roll on deodorant, outdoor floodlights. None of it. I don't do none of it. And you... The fruit of the Spirit is joy. What you have then is someone that is confused. And Felicia and I were talking about that this, this week, where they take the two parts and don't treat it as a whole. It is not enough to consecrate or sanctify, I should say, set myself apart from the world, but I must consecrate myself unto God. It is the separation from the world that frees me to fully engage him. And it's not separation from the world that brings joy and joy unspeakable. It's the embracing of God and the intimacy of God. And I cannot embrace him fully if I smell like the world. Number two. Oh, I got, I got to finish my point. Content. You have to fight to be content. How do you become Content. You keep whittling away the things that you think you can't live without to enjoy the Lord fully. If I'm going to live discontent with this, then I, don't, I, I can't. And Lord, what part of me has to die to be content? Discontentment is created by unrealized expectations and desires. But if you whittle it back, whittle it back, whittle it back, whittle it back, dying to self, dying to self, to where you said, I just want your presence in my life more than you. And all that, you know these things, but I just want that. And God gives you that. And there's contentment. 
And then I've found, this is my life, I've found that when I'm content with him, he beats me to the punch to give me all the other things that make life full. All. He will not withhold any, any good thing from those that walk uprightly. Isn't that what the word says? What part of any don't we get? But we want it all to be content. And godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. Number two, the fight to stay consistent. Oh, this is hard. We might live and die here. Reading the Bible. Studying the Bible. Do you understand the difference between reading and studying? Reading is for your pleasure. I read the paper. I just read an article. But if you're getting tested on it, I'm so glad I'm not in school no more. And can I just free some of you parents and grandparents? You may not like this, but just pray about it. It just brings you freedom. Said, well, when I, it was just as hard when I... Have you lost your mind? <laughs> lost your mind. When I went to Central... I got an edumacation from Central. I graduated with an eighth grade edge. I did. I tested at Mercer and I was right at the ninth grade level. Anyway. <laughs> I, I'm not blaming them. I was also a moron. But between us and them, between us and them, we made for not too much. Um, what was I telling y'all? Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Oh, okay. The studying. When I was at Central, they had one room with typewriters in it, and you were not allowed till your senior year to take typing. These fine pieces of equipment. And you just, you're not, oh, if I put you in there with a typewriter, you need to respect the machine. And you, you know, you're just like, A-S-D-F-J-K-L-Semi. Mm. And it was like, 4K! Kids are on computers, <laughs> copying and pasting and... and they're, you know, parents, I'm watching them. The kids are coming home in fifth grade with stuff. Go, go, go get your mama to help you with that. I don't know. I've never seen that. I've got a master's degree. I've never seen that in my life. In my life. Studying means that I am learning something, memorizing it, making application or understanding how it connects with other thoughts, ideologies, issues, bringing them together and explaining the benefits, pros and cons. I have to understand it all. Do you study the Word of God? I just like to read it. God calling. Just a little, just a little chapter. Right there. But see, if I get in the Word of God, I got to backpedal to the last scripture. And I got to backpedal over here because I got to understand how God was in the Old Testament. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he doesn't change. And so I need to blend not just the goodness, but with the severity of God. And I need to understand. And that is hard. Studying is hard. But the Bible tells us to study to show yourself to prove. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. We can't even carve out time to read. Much less study. Because to study means... We would have to give up one of the few pleasures we still have because we have no, no margins because our lives are so full. You have to fight to stay studious. 
You have to fight to, to grow in the knowledge of God and in the Word of God. You have to fight to stay worshipful. You have to fight to stay grateful. You have to fight to stay prayerful. You have to fight to stay uh, uh, serving. You have to fight to be consistent in these things and to grow in these graces. We have to fight to be submissive. One of the most misquoted and misapplied scriptures in my lifetime is the man that'll stand up and tell their wife, you know, hit the table, submit yourself unto, uh, to me as unto Christ. Well, before that comes love that woman like Christ loved the church. And if she's looking at a man that would be stripped naked and beaten unconscious and with his beard pulled out and the thorns pushed in his head and his body hanging ribbons of flesh to protect her, she'd follow him anywhere. Just a thought. Just, that ain't part of my sermon. We'll just throw that out there for free. Submission. That word makes women cringe and men go, huh? Submission. Submission means that we silence, submit. We silence our ideas, our counsel, uh, our desire to be heard, uh, understood. Uh, when you're fighting with somebody, uh, you know, or MMA or you're out in the parking lot, submit. When they, when they tap, that means let, whatever you're doing, just let go. Just let, I submit. It's not, hey, if you'll do this. I'll submit. It's just an all-inclusive submit unto the Lord. The Bible said that all of us had earthly fathers who disciplined us for a time according to their knowledge, not infinite knowledge. And he said, shall you not much more? If, if they did it for your good, will, will you not live submissive to the Lord, the Father of spirits, and live? It's hard to be submissive where it's, yes, sir. Our little girls, they're, they're, they're learning the difference between obedience and submission. They walk in that line. Sometimes, yes, daddy. And other times, it's easy to go upstairs. And roll her eyes. Over. What's that? I'm like, God, let them stick. Let them stick. Let them stick in the top of her head. But she goes upstairs. She goes upstairs with her eyes just all hung up in like here. And little precious Olivia's behind her. Don't do that, Izzy. Don't do it. Just be sweet, Olivia. Sweet Olivia. And Izzy's got my heart, but uh, Olivia's just... We, we're at the beach. Don't let me forget my place. We're at the beach. And Elisha touched his little screwball and dropped it on the sand. And it, Olivia goes, here, buddy. Immediately, Izzy's like... <laughs> and I love them all. I love them all. Do you know what's the difference between a worm and a snake? And the Bible says that Jesus, it prophesied of him coming. He said, I'm a worm, I'm no man. It's when Pontius Pilate and the Jews picked up their foot to squish him. A worm doesn't hiss. It's submitted to the will of God. And if the cross falls on him, he doesn't rebel. For us, for me, this one is so hard because it gets to the root attitude. I've lived long enough now that I pretty much, 
primarily obey, but not always with the willing heart. It's the martyrdom complex, you know. You have to fight to stay submissive. You have to call yourself out. You've got to drop to your knees in your house in front of the stove and go, forgive my childish attitude, my immaturity. God, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with us is because iniquity abounds. We become controlled and transformed by this world and its attitudes which teach us nonstop through media and television and written publications that you, God, are your own life. Ain't nobody going to tell you what to do. Now, a preacher might suggest, would you consider? Jesus didn't, God at Sinai didn't give uh, the ten suggestions. And Jesus doesn't give suggestions. I love it when he walk up to a man that owns his own business. James and John on the fishing business. And their boats are on the water. He goes, follow me. That was it. What you mean by follow you? <laughs> Matthew was at a table of customs. So there's stacks of gold and silver with Caesar's inscription on it. And all these people lined up and they're extorting him and he's getting his cut. Jesus says, follow me. Oh, if I leave this table, there ain't no going back. <laughs> because he's gone maybe 15, 20 steps. What happened to the table? All the peasants came and took all the money away. Are you submissive? Is there a yes, sir, in your soul with joy? And I, I, I'm not preaching at you. This is hard for me, but I'll tell you why it's hard. It is hard to submit to the Lord when you do not trust. But if you trust, it's easy for me to submit when I said, you wouldn't ask something like this for me unless you've got my good in mind. And the trusting person, you know, I'm teaching that to our kids. I said, if you'll do this, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And they're wanting to give up that one little toy, you know, or something. You trust me. The trust makes submission possible and it makes it enjoyable. And now, let me just touch this for some of you that are coming from different churches and, uh, or maybe going to other churches. You're, the part about being submitted to a pastor, it's take what submission to God means and reduce it down to like 1%. And a pastor would be the one that you would submit to if he says, according to scripture and what you're telling me, and I, I'm, off, I'm, I'm reminding you of the scripture here, and I'm going to ask you to go to that person and try to make peace. That's about the extent of submission to a pastor. You don't ask your pastor who you can date and who you don't date. And can I work here? Do I have your blessing? Just, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just, it's almost like this. I feel like the Lord's coming any day. And I want to make sure all my bases are covered, telling you everything. Where in scripture does it ask you to go get a pastor's blessing? I'm not saying it's wrong or evil, but it's sure not required. <laughs> like if you said, pastor, based on your knowledge of me and I'm praying about this, do you think this is good? Or, or if someone's leaving, you know, the church and they said, pastor, I just want you to know I love you and I, I appreciate our time here. I always, man, you got my blessing, which means don't live in guilt about this, but you don't need my blessing. Now where that can come in is I'm not going to bless you in sin. I'm not going to, anyway, that's just, just a side note. But you have, you have to fight to stay disciplined. You have to fight uh, to submit 
reverently, respectively, trustingly. Disciplined in the following of his leading. Disciplined in the following of his leading. Ben, if you would come, please. Uh, we might do a series on this. Is that okay with y'all? I've, I've got five here and five on the computer, and we did three, so we might. Yeah. It, is, it is a fight to follow the Lord because I got plans. I got ideas. Now, for all you young people, who's in my 20s and 30s? I'm going to give you some good news. As you get older, a lot of stuff gets harder. A lot, and a lot of stuff gets easier. It really does. When you cross the threshold and fashion, you don't care what it looks like. You say, does that feel good? Hey. That, if it ain't got a string in it, baby, after, when I get home, no. And when you're young, you goals and plans, and I'm going to go to, you know, they're ninth grade. I've declared my major in college. You don't even know. You're going to graduate with uh, a degree in mutant biology, you know, and you'll be working at Wendy's in a window, you know. But the, to, to, to follow the Lord when you're young is so hard because you got all these plans, and if you let God pick, he may not pick what you want. But as you get older, listen. And my friends here on the second row, and I, I wouldn't use them in an incorrect sense, but when, when you bury irreplaceable people, when you lose strength and help, one of the hardest things for me as a man is now in my 50s, I'm like a third of the man I was. I can't lift stuff, I can't do stuff. And in my mind, I'm still young, I still... I can still do it. I can't brush my teeth tomorrow, but I can do it. You know, it's, the, it's, it's that fading away. And the older you get, Ken, isn't it easier to follow the Lord now? Because you realize every time I chose, it didn't work out. <laughs> every time. Because there's a way that seemeth right unto man, and the end thereof are always the ways of death. But they that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Where do you want me to go, Lord? But you have to fight in your early years to bow your knee and say, I, I want to go there, but I just don't feel like you want me to go there. Job opportunities open up. I've had them young. And they offered me double my salary. They would put me in a home. They would give me the down payment to provide my wife the first home and would pay for my school through a doctorate. And I knew the moment I put my foot in the airport to go home that it was a no. And I said, follow you, follow you, Lord. For some of us, you know, and I, I covered a lot of stuff this morning. So don't try to work out all the pieces. I'm just asking you now with all that information, are you fighting? Would that word describe you? I'm fighting to be pure. I'm fighting to be faithful. I'm fighting to be powerful. I'm fighting to be knowledgeable. I'm fighting my, to be submissive. I'm, I'm, I'm beating my body. I'm making it tap. I'm not allowing because if I stop fighting, the current of this world will take me away from the Lord. Thou, woman of God, fight the good fight of faith. Man of God, fight the good fight of faith.
lay hold of the life of ages and hold on. Grab your wife with the other hand. She has the babies and say, we will live in the center of God's will. We will live in the center of God's pleasure and we will live in the center of God's blessings because I will have it no other way. No other way. My daddy died in 74 and I am still reaping the blessings of his name. I am still reaping the blessings. God tells us, he says, I'll remember your righteousness down a hundred, a thousand generations for your life. Your babies, 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 because of you, because of you, because of you. But you got to fight. God will not do it for you. And I'll close with this. The fight is inevitable. The results are irreversible. results are irreversible I was I, I forgot I mean we did something special but how many of our veterans are here if you've served uh, or would y'all honor them this morning would you bless them this morning don't don't get me started on, on, on this generation in our nation but let me address one thing and I've, I've started my closing early enough. We're going to beat everybody to lunch today. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. Because, see, that leads to early home, early nap. Amen? Okay, yeah. Here's what this generation doesn't understand. They do not understand the power of the freedom that now they can be offended at everything and grab a bullhorn and oppose everything. And the freedom to do that some little boy's daddy's in the ground that bought them that freedom, that freedom, that freedom. And until it's gone, and every communist nation on the face of the earth, in the history of the world, when the wall falls, they rush to the free side. But freedom comes with cost. And if our soldiers had not fought, we would not have what we have. And God will not give you a freedom that you didn't fight for. He's made you free. But you have to fight to stay free. I hope I've twisted your arm enough this morning and let you know that we, we just need to, you know, stir you up a little bit and I'm going to pick on Ben real quick. This is my last third closing, I promise. Ben is so meek and kind. Ben's one of the, he's the same every day. Gentle, loving. I told him one day, I said, I got you figured out. And stabbed me. He said, what do you mean? I said, you ain't fooling nobody. And he said, what do you mean? I said, uh, I believe I could push you around. I believe I could slap you and you'd bow your head and walk off. But if I grabbed your kids or cussed your wife, he'd say, he said, it wouldn't be good for you, Pastor. <laughs> you know, like, it's like the, the, the switch would flip. It's like, and I told y'all, you ever want me to leave? You ain't not got to send no letters out and sign a petition, mistreat my wife and babies. I'll tip my hat. God bless y'all. We're done. My point is this. 
If it's precious to you, you'll fight. Isabel and Olivia and Elisha's future is precious to me. It's on, baby. It's on. My wife is precious. This church, this local church is precious to me. Don't come. Don't be a part of this church and other people got a gun strapped over each arm and they're praying and they're serving and you come in shorts and flip-flops with a hollowed out coconut going, hey, what's up? We're fighting. We're fighting. Heaven's coming. And I really don't know where all it's going. I'm just, I'm just stirring soup today. Let's see what comes up out of the ladle. But it's time. It's time to Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ will give you life. Father, you wouldn't command us to do something that you didn't expect us to do. And you wouldn't command us to do something we couldn't do. And I don't know who this is for, Lord, but you would not ask us to fight in a battle we couldn't win. And you always cause us to triumph through Christ Jesus. I'm asking you, Lord, to let life, your spirit and the enemy, provoke men in this church and women in this church. Bring out that warrior part of them that says, not me, not today, not anymore. Let it happen today, God, I pray. One treat for you before you go. Felicia, you'll do something for me. A few years ago, did you sing a song for me? Did you sing that song about his eyes on the sparrow? Come here, come here. This Today is kind of like a fat man going through a barbed wire fence. Here a point, there a point, everything. But it's good. But that was so hard. Will you just come up and... I just, I just asked Ben earlier. And I love you, by the way. You can stand right here with me. because, And I love you. And when you're done, a quick prayer. Because I know you like me. The way I preach, you pray. But would you just sing that over us? Would you do that for me? I just believe it's going to be a wonderful... leads to your glory and your glory always shines through the darkness shine through the darkness of our hearts our souls where our mind is not fixed on you oh God fix our eyes on you be the lifter of our heads where we look to you and to the one and only who connects us to you time is short oh God may our wills be surrendered and may our emotions be healed because you've given us spiritually in our spirit what we need. You give us yourself. Consume us with your Holy Spirit. You're calling us to holiness, oh God. May we truly answer the call. You are watching over us. And you have met every need we have. There is none other. May we fix our eyes on you, oh God, as you fixed our eyes on us. Why should I feel discouraged? Why?
chorus together if you know it. I sing because I'm happy. Have a great week. God bless.